episode 116 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on November 23rd, 2021. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week on the show, Bioware held a live stream to talk about the places we'll go and the people we'll see in Legacy of the Sith. I'll talk about these exotic worlds and all of the new and returning characters we'll meet. Also this week, I'll talk about the biggest decision you'll have to make right when the expansion hits, and that's choosing your combat styles. It's not an easy choice. And finally, you may have heard rumors or seen pictures of a shiny new Voptilla mount. Well, it's all true, and I'll be giving away three of them to three of you. Stick around for the details. And with that, it's time to make the jump to light speed. And cue the moron. Welcome to episode 116 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another great show lined up for you today. December 14th, 2021. That is the official release date for Legacy of the Sith, and this is one of those times where I'm happy to be wrong because I was certain that the expansion would release on December 21st, since Bioware has always touted December 20th 2011 as the release date for Star Wars The Old Republic. Now I'm glad Bioware chose December 14th to launch the expansion because December 13th, 2011 is the day many of us took our first steps into this larger world. By the time December 20th rolled around, I was level 25 and working my way through Tatooine on my Imperial Agent. I had completed Hutta, the Black Talon, Droman Kass, and I had my ship. I completed Balmora, the Balmora bonus series, Narshada, and I had my first mount. I was halfway to 50, and I wasn't even speed leveling. Now, the release date was announced through a teaser trailer for Legacy of the Sith that debuted at the end of a live stream hosted by Jackie Coe and Charles Boyd. The focus of the live stream was to discuss some of the places and characters that will be integral to the story coming in Legacy of the Sith. Let's dive in, quite literally, to Manan. Now, it wouldn't be an expansion if we didn't go someplace beautiful or someplace we love and blow it up. I hope your stronghold insurance is paid up on your Manon residence because I think you're going to need it. Here's how Charles Boyd described Manon in the live stream. Manon is usually bright and sunny and clean and peaceful and serene and it is none of those things <laughs> in Legacy of the Sith. It is at war, stormy, chaotic. Uh, the There's Sith fire. fire. Yeah, literally, there we go. Literally, the Sith Empire has invaded. It looks like Manan will now join Tython, Korriban, and Voss on the list of once beautiful worlds. And just like in Onslaught, there will be different stories for the Republic and the Empire. At this point, that's to be expected as there has been such significant branching to the story in recent years. I've said this before, but the Empire story and Republic story no longer feel like different sides of the same coin, but rather there is a version of the story for the Republic and one for the Empire. The outcomes and characters, 
that are alive or dead or who live and who die are very different for both now. The story doesn't quite have a multiverse feel to it, but we're definitely dealing with alternate facts here. Now to help us along the way, we will be working with some familiar characters. The Imperial Campaign on Manan will be headed by Major Henri, who we first met in Jedi Under Siege. The Republic will be drawn into the fray by Jedi Arn Perallin, who has passed his trials and has graduated from Padawan to full-fledged knight. Of course, there will be some new characters introduced to the story, starting with a Selkath named Colonel Gallo. Here's Charles Boyd talking about this new addition to the Old Republic. Uh, Colonel Gallo is a Selkath commando uh, and one of the leaders of the uh, Selkath uh, resistance, uh, uh, elite special forces. Uh, she will be fighting alongside, uh, grudgingly, <laughs> fighting alongside Republic players and Arn. Uh, you know, like uh, like all Selkath, she knows that everyone uh, from Offworld isn't pretty much isn't that concerned about the Selkath. They're really only concerned about the Colto. Uh, she's had some bad run-ins with the Empire and the Republic. Both. She's not eager to trust either, but uh, in given the circumstances, she's willing to work with the Republic uh, this time. It means getting the empire out. Also, she's our oh. first basic speaking Selkath, I believe. Mm, mm. So that'll be fun. I don't know if Selkath speaking basic breaks any kind of lore. And even if it does, I do not care. I am so glad we won't have to sit through a bunch of cutscenes listening to this. I'm sure Legacy of the Sith will give us plenty of reasons to want to punch the screen. I'm just glad alien dialogue rocketing out of the mouths of characters won't be one of them. Now on the Imperial side, we will be working with Colonel Cord, who Charles described as... Your standard stiff upper lip Imperial officer, the kind of guy just, just trying to do his job, just trying to get his soldiers <laughs> through it. Just trying to, you know, carry out an efficient and effective military mission. Uh, and he is uh, the one who sends Anri in search of reinforcements. Uh, so I'll be uh, helping you uh, wage war on Manon, wage uh, the battle for uh, control or at least seizure of the Colto uh, so that you can get it off world to all of the other soldiers uh, on the front lines who need it uh, to win the battle against the Republic. The final new character that was introduced during the live stream is a Sith named Darth Narok. And according to Charles, Darth Narok is a uh, Sith Lord, uh, pretty obviously, and uh, someone who is uh, very heavily involved in the Imperial Logistics Division. Uh, so logistics being what it is, uh, Kulto is super important. He is overseeing the operation uh, on Anon for the Empire. Uh, don't let his somewhat nerdy specialty of logistics fool you, though. Darth Norak is famous for his lightsaber skills, supposedly has never lost a duel. Uh, I guess we'll find out, maybe, uh, mm. when we get there. But uh, a very ruthless, very determined uh, Sith Lord. Manan isn't the only world we'll visit in Legacy of the Sith. In addition to supporting the war effort, the hunt for Darth Malgus will continue, taking us deep into the heart of a new world called Elam. And again, here's Charles Boyd talking about the planet Elam. Elam uh, is a planet that's uh, not super well known, uh, either in the Star Wars universe or even outside of it. Uh, it's only appeared, I think, a few times. Uh, and I'm not sure if it's ever been shown visually before. So we got to uh, break some new ground, which was very cool. 
Uh, Elam is, uh, like I said, a bit remote, uh, not, not heavily traveled, not heavily explored uh, or documented. Uh, it's located kind of in, within Sith territory, um, but it's not at any kind of important uh, uh, location, so no one knows much about it. Uh, both sides have been drawn here because of uh, some ruins and some relics belonging to a mysterious Sith Lord, Darth Null, who you've uh, heard a little bit about if you've been playing recently. Uh, what we know is that Darth Malgus, dun dun dun, uh, has been investigating things related to Darth Null. And we know if he's into it, it can't be good. So uh, the Republic sent an archaeological team to the planet Elam to investigate some ruins that they suspected were on site. And spoiler, hey, there's some ruins. <laughs> there's, a, there's quite a few, in fact. Uh, and uh, the Empire, at the same time, deployed a strike team uh, to intercept those archaeologists and see what they've learned. And of course, conduct their own investigations. Uh, both sides have lost contact with their people, uh, which means you, the player, are going to have to go in and uh, sort out what happened and, and see if uh, Malgus might be involved. On Elam, the Empire will work with Darth Ribix, while the Republic will work with Tal Eder, and everyone will get a chance to continue our journey with Lana Benico. Now, there is one mysterious character that's popped up who wasn't discussed at all during the live stream, the key art for Legacy of the Sith features a female Twi'lek wielding a purple lightsaber. We don't know if she is Jedi or Sith or something else entirely. In addition to the key art, Bioware released a trailer that was a mashup of all the original SWOTOR cinematics, except for the end where we got an extreme close-up of what looked like the eyes of a green-skinned humanoid. Could this be that mysterious Twi'lek? Who knows? As to who the individual is... Well, for now, I'm going with, it's the Sith Emperor, again, right? It just has to be. If it is, we'll find out in a few weeks. Legacy of the Sith is coming on December 14th, 2021. As much as I will want to dive into the story when Legacy of the Sith launches, the reality is the first thing I will need to decide is which combat styles to assign my characters. It's an important and difficult decision. An Imperial agent with a hand cannon? This doesn't make sense to me, it's not subtle enough. Then again, it might be the perfect cover because no one expects a spy to wield a giant hand cannon. Believe it or not, these are some of the combat style choices that keep me awake at night. Now the simplest thing to do is to keep the current combat style that I have now on each character and then figure out what I want the second one to be. And there's a good argument to be had for doing just that. My main character is a bounty hunter with the mercenary advanced class. I've got a cargo hold full of pistols that I'll probably never use but are bound to that character. If I switch him to say a commando operative combination, I'll never be able to use them again. The same can be said for many of my other characters. I have advanced class specific weapons that are only available to that character and may not be that easy to obtain on other characters. I think this is a bigger problem for tech classes as there are more variety of weapons for them than there is for the force classes. But either way, it's definitely something you should keep in mind when making your choices. 
I have 38 characters on Starforge, so another concern that I have is just phoning in the choices, meaning I'll settle on a small number of combat style combinations and apply them across the board to all of my characters, and I won't have enough variety. And if I don't take the time to plan ahead and map things out, I may end up making choices I regret because I want to dive into the game and instead of spending an hour sitting in my stronghold trying to make these decisions. Now looking at the different combat styles, my favorite tech styles are Mercenary, Operative, Commando, Scoundrel, Sniper, Gunslinger, and then Powertech and Vanguard. And I really don't like Powertech or Vanguard. I won't be taking those on many of my characters, but I would like to have one of everything in my arsenal. Now most of the combat styles I feel are good are a good fit for all of the classes. I could easily go with Mercenary, Operative, Scoundrel, and Gunslinger for bounty hunters, agents, smugglers, and troopers. For sniper, I like agents, bounty hunters, and troopers, but I don't like it much for smugglers. For commando, I like it for bounty hunters and of course troopers. And ever since I saw Vet mowing down enemies with one, I felt that the hand cannon is the perfect weapon for the smuggler. Ugh, that's heavy. What's heavy? Are you in the vault? Oh no, it's nothing. Nothing. Almost there. Come on, I want to try this thing out. Goodbye, Spewy. I'll never forget you. I would also give a nod to former Nova Blade leader Commodore Margok, who tried to take us out with one on Rishi. This is my ship. Think you could just walk on in and be left alive? And as I alluded to earlier, I'm on the fence about Commando for Imperial Agents. Now looking at the force-based combat styles, my favorites are Sorcerer, Sage, Juggernaut, Guardian, Assassin, Shadow, and then Marauder and Sentinel. And like Powertech and Vanguard, I'm not a big fan of Marauder and Sentinel. I love the way they look, but I could never get the hang of them. I do have one of each, and I never play those characters, so I'm thrilled that I'll be able to keep their current combat style and give them something I'll actually play. Now, some of the combinations I'm considering for my characters are Mercenary Operative, Mercenary Scoundrel, Mercenary Commando, Mercenary Sniper. Are you getting a sense that I really like Mercenary here? Well, I'm also considering Commando, Scoundrel, and then Sorcerer Juggernaut, Juggernaut Assassin, Sorcerer Sage, Sorcerer Assassin, Guardian Sage, Guardian Shadow. I'll have to see how the dark and light come into play for the Force users and whether that alters, say, the Sorcerer style or just grants access to the Sage combat style on a Sith Inquisitor. If it's the latter, I might consider a Sorcerer-Sage uh, combination on some of my Force characters. Choosing a combat style is a big decision. It's permanent. There's no going back here. My advice to you is that you plan all of this ahead of time so you can dive right into the story and leveling and everything else when Legacy of the Sith launches.
Okay, it's giveaway time. In honor of SWOTOR's 10th anniversary and the launch of Legacy of the Sith, BioWare gave the content creator some codes for a new Opal Vuptilla mount. I am now going to part ways with three of them. Here's what I want you to do. Send me an email with your top three combat style combinations and the classes you're considering them for. For example, Sorcerer Shadow on a Sith Inquisitor, Commando Operative on a Bounty Hunter, Gunslinger Mercenary on an Imperial Agent. The email address is sotorpodcast at gmail.com. That's sotorpodcast, all one word, S-O-T-O-R-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Winners will be randomly selected, and I'll announce them on the next episode, along with the responses you came up with. The deadline to submit is Wednesday, December 1st, 2021. I'll notify the winners via email ahead of the next podcast as it takes time to write and record these things. And I'm not going to post any details of how to enter the contest outside of this episode because I want to reward those of you who actually listen to the podcast, which is probably like five of you. So this is a really good contest to enter because you're going to have a very good chance of actually winning. So just to recap, email me the top three combat style combinations and the classes you're considering them on to sotorpodcast at gmail.com no later than December 1st, 2021. I will select three random winners and they will receive a code that can be redeemed for an Opal Vuptilla mount. Good luck, everyone, and thank you so much for listening to me ramble about Star Wars The Old Republic for the last five years. It means a lot. And that's the state of The Old Republic for today. Let me cut in the sublight engines and cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another half hour, give or take. Listening to episode 116 of the State of The Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show's site, which is sotorpodcast.com. And there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at sotorpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at sotorpodcast or send me a direct message. And be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the show. Look for episode 117 next week, probably. Until then, remember the Sith Code. Cake is alive.